Hello, hello, and welcome to Monday. Welcome to the Mindset Muse podcast on Monday. This is Didi, your host of the Mindset Muse podcast. Wherever you are listening to the Mindset Muse podcast, I send you my greeting. I send you light and love. I hope you're somewhere comfortable, whether you're driving. Make sure you slow down. Don't speed too much and get in trouble. If you're home, I'll close it up in your bed. Good for you. I envy you right now. If you are at the gym working out, have fun. Have fun. Get in those workouts. Okay, guys. So we are going to be talking about Damon John today. As you know, we are honoring all of the month of February. We are honoring Black History Month. And one of my favorite people and he's always been on my radar is Damon John. Damon John is the black guy on the Shark Tank panel. He is an investor. He is a uh, a businessman, a an entrepreneur who has held and stood the test of time. And he started FUBU in the 90s. And all the way till now, FUBU is worth $300 million. So when I was looking into this guy, I wanted to know why and how he was able to maintain a brand for that long. Because most businesses are closing within the next, within like the first 18 months. So I wanted to study successful people like him to see what he does different that the average person doesn't do. And that's my mission in life. My mission in life is to study very successful people and basic and, you know, and essentially just mirror them, mirror what they do so I can become like them. So wherever you are, welcome. I hope you enjoy the show. Stay tuned. And we're going to jump jump right in here so Damon John who is a he was born in Brooklyn New York he's from New York he grew up in Queens New York in a very challenging and uh, poor neighborhood he was essentially surrounded by gangs and guns and shootings as you can imagine and as a result, he lost a lot of his friends uh, through violence. So his mother, being wary of the neighborhood that they were living in, she had like three jobs. So she wanted to watch her son. She wanted to make sure her son doesn't end up uh, like, you know, like the rest of the kids that weren't doing so well. So she took out a loan against uh, her mortgage. She took out $80,000 and she spread the $80,000 through three years. And those three years allowed her to stay close to her son, made sure that he came home the way before five o'clock or some something like that. She made sure that as soon as the lights go out, he was home. So she watched him. She said, he said that one of the main things that 
she always focused on her whole mentality her whole mindset was think big she always told her son to think big whatever he's doing he said think big think bigger that was her whole thing that was a mantra she always says think big and i thought that was such a that was such a powerful way to raise a child and that's exactly what he did he took that and he ran with it he started a a lawn mowing business and instead of buying cadillacs like his friends were buying cadillacs he bought this big old van and of course his friends laughed at him when he bought the van and uh so he he didn't you know buy the van just to get attention of course he bought it for a reason so he started a ride share business with the van right and after he he did the ride share business he did it for a while it was, it was running good for a while and after that he started to put a lot of money into the van into fixing it he was getting some tickets and that's not that wasn't helping him so he quit the ride share business and started the the t-shirt business so he was selling t-shirts behind uh his his big van he'll go to the apollo showtime at the apollo he'll go there and share and sell his t-shirts he went to black espos and he will sell his t-shirts and then when he goes to another espo he will see how many of uh the his customers are wearing his brand and then he will see he will see how many colors were being uh, what type of colors were being worn what hats were being worn and then he will make more of that so that was he's he was basically doing his um marketing research right there in those at those espos and essentially he graduated into giving the the shirts to background dancers in music videos so he said that the technology that he plugged into at the time he called the technology was the hip-hop culture there was a hip-hop culture that the hip-hop culture of the 90s was so big that was phenomenal it was it was everything it was all black culture hip-hop culture it was growing so he tapped into that so he will give fubu to background dancers on the on 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 music videos on bet he would uh he would he he will give the clothes to rappers like ll cool j was rocking fubu back then and one of the things that as the business grew he started to look into advertisement so when he did advertisement at the time he didn't just do like a regular advertisement he did targeting advertise excuse me targeting advertisement and which is advanced for which is uh, thinking ahead for someone of the 90s because back in the 90s heck even even in the early 2000s when marketing was being thought nobody nobody was teaching anybody targeting they were te- they were teaching people that they need to do general marketing which is you want to put your ads on every television every billboard everywhere so every eye can be on you but instead of instead Damon is such a unique person and I love the way he moved in in his business and everything it's it's so it is such a beautiful thing to to watch or read about because he did he was so ahead of his time he was not 
doing anything that the business schools would have thought would have thought him and the thing is it's really good that he didn't even go to school and he had dyslexia so he was really bad at school and at reading he didn't even know he had dyslexia he just thought that he was bad at school so he wanted to do business so it wasn't until he was grown and you know became more successful that he figured out what was really wrong with him now he knows that he had dyslexia but he didn't know that before so he he was just bad in school you know so so he was ahead of his time so he was doing target marketing and so he was going to black expos he will go to conventions that cater to the black community he uh, advertised on on uh, BET and he advertised in the music videos and the cool the cool kids where the cool kids hung out he was there he was basically he was essentially just in front of his 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 uh, target market wherever wherever his market was he was there and it's such a strategic move and uh facebook does that today facebook marketing that's what they do that's why facebook excuse me that's why facebook marketing is so effective is because they bring the product to your target audience right away and that's exactly what damon did but he did that you know with just uh common sense and and basic thinking and he did it so well so he the advertisements at that time if you were to put uh his fubu on let's say a friends episode you know that show friends it wouldn't have done well but he would have paid more at the time bt was cheaper to advertise on because nobody really counted bt there really was the 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 ad community wasn't really giving BET a lot of credit. So their seconds were worth a lot less than, let's say, uh, the advertisement advertisement seconds on uh, channels like ABC or CBS. So so he, he went ahead and advertised on BET because that's where his audience was. And that's how he, he, he primarily grew his business. The thing that this book does that's very unique is that it goes into interviewing and telling the stories of other successful entrepreneurs. So he has like a panel of individuals from all kinds of backgrounds that are successful in their business and he tells their story that's that's what the format of the book is on and i will give examples a couple of examples of those people that he used but i i really urge people to either read this book or listen to the audio uh, to the audio version because you there's so much content that you can use if you are a business owner or an entrepreneur there's so much jam in the book that you can use and grab onto that i'm not going to be able to cover within you know 30 minutes or even an hour or two of a podcast so i want you to really go for this for this book i'm not getting anything for it if you get the book i just want to bring you information so the 
the power of broke is a mindset according to Damon. It is a movement, it's a mindset. So that mindset at the core of that mindset is the idea that no matter how successful you think you are, always, always think strategically and think ahead. Don't get comfortable, okay? Do not get comfortable because you have uh, you have hit a plateau or you think um, you have enough money. Don't ever get too much funding and forget about creating your uh your proof of concept proof of concept meaning what works for your business a system for your business so you want to be able to create a system that works for your business so that if tomorrow if you lose all the money you can make it back the next day so money Demis' idea is like money and too much money can ruin your business because it'll give you shortcuts. And when you get shortcuts, you're not going to be able to learn proof of concept. You're not going to be able to learn what really works. For example, he gives a, a, an example of let's say you hear that people really love cupcakes. And so you want to sell cupcakes you want to sell cupcakes right in your neighborhood and you have all of the money and you went ahead and you built a shop you you bought you know you bought a shop you did all of this you bought all of the systems and everything and you're ready to sell your cupcakes right and you and you have all of these cupcakes in there but you live in a neighborhood where most of the people that are there are, you know, are health conscious. They like sugar-free stuff. They are vegan. And you didn't study your market. You didn't make, you didn't study anything about the neighborhood. You just put a cupcake shop, a cupcake shop there, but you didn't study the neighborhood and you didn't study what your audience really needed and wanted. And you just you just thought, oh, it'd be a bright idea to make a cupcake a cupcake shop there. So the business is going to fail because there's no market for it in that region. Um, and so he's saying that you want to do you want to study the market first. For example, you want to bake the cupcakes first without building anything or opening any shop. And you want to give it to people, get some feedback. See how many orders you get back. Are people demanding that you make more of those cupcakes? If that's the case, then that's your proof of market. That's your proof of concept that you have something here. And then you can build around that. Somebody I was, um, I'm always following internet marketers on, on social media. Somebody was saying that you sell by listening. You sell by listening. You sell by listening. So, so unless you... You, unless you know that your market is proven, is proven, you don't want to go and invest a whole bunch of money in opening any business. So he tells so many stories. He tells the story of um, Kevin Plank, the CEO of Under Armour. That's one of my favorite stories. He tells the story of Gigi, 
Gigi Butler, who is the cupcake lady, which is why he told, he gave an example of cupcake business. I would tell the story of uh, Kevin Plank real quick in a brief, you know, I'll make a a long story short. Uh, Kevin Plank, the CEO of Under Armour, was a student that was playing football. And he noticed that the undershirt that they were wearing was very uh, sticky. They were cotton. So they weren't very uh, resilient to their transition. Like when, when they would sweat under the uniform, it was sticky and it was getting dirty and it wasn't comfortable. So he wanted to get a material. He wished he had a material that would glide and not stick. And so I, I hope I'm telling this story right, but correct me if I'm wrong. He was so, so what he did was he went out and he found a fabric and then he ordered a prototype of the shirts and he gave it to his team, to his team members. He made like, I believe 10, 10, maybe 10 shirts. He gave it to his, uh, team members and kids, uh, they loved it. His team members loved the, the shirts. And they asked where he got it from. So they started to order. He said it it was his own shirt. So they started to uh, order from him. And from then on, that's how Under Armour was born. So the first five years of Under Armour, he made uh, $5 million. And within 10 years, the company became a $5 billion company. So he, most of his advertisement at the, at the, at the beginning was done through word of mouth. So uh, the teammates will he'll go to different football or different schools and sell them t-shirts. So Kevin's whole uh, aura and his whole focus is on no loser talk. So he does not want to, you know, have people who talk about um, the end of the word or if something bad goes on, that's all you focus on. And he also told the story of Gigi Butler. Gigi Butler, uh, wanted to be a country singer since she was in high school and she gave, you know, she gave up school. She wasn't good at school. She did not want to do school. So she had a cleaning business, I believe in college and she used the cleaning business to fund her singing career by the time she was 30 when she didn't get a big break she gave up on the singing career and then became uh, started cleaning and one day she was she got a call from her brother in new york city and her brother was like i'm having one of those red red velvet cake uh cupcakes here in new york city at a cupcake shop you should start a cupcake a cupcake shop because uh that's like a tongue twister you should start a cupcake shop because the one that i'm eating right now is not even as good as the one that you make so she froze she was like that is a brilliant idea and she went to the banks and told him the story of how she's going to build her cock her cupcake shops <laughs> can't say that anyway so 
the banks laughed at her of course and they told her that that's never going to work and they're not going to loan her any money so she masked at her credit card and uh began to open her shop and she before she opened her shop though before she opened her shop the brilliant thing that she did was that she baked cupcakes and she would give it to people in her neighborhood in Nashville she was in Nashville Tennessee so she will give it to people she will give them to people and people will eat and 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 reorder they kind of felt sorry for her in a way so they ordered the cupcakes but they realized that the, that the cupcakes were so good that they kept reordering so when she opened the shop even though she maxed out her credit card she was really stressed out because she had accumulated all of these bills and the morning when she opened her shop there was a big long line in front of her shop and that's how Gigi's cupcakes were was born and the company is now worth 35 million dollars she has over 100 cupcake shops all over the United States i believe i've had her cupcakes before it's one of those cupcakes that when you have it the frosting is so good that you would never forget and you will always want it it's one of those things that you just want it is so good so what gigi was selling was an escape a sweet tooth you know she was selling pleasure of the mouth so to speak One of the coolest stories that ever came to the Shark Tank uh show in my opinion was the show about this really cool young kid that was selling bow ties Mo's bows and he went into an explanation as to why he didn't take the deal that Mo brought to the show because that deal would have done him a disservice so he wanted to mentor Bo he offered to mentor Bo instead of taking the 40% with 15 uh the $40,000 with 15% uh stake one thing that Damon advises against always is do not give part of your company to an investor try to avoid that as much as possible try to avoid giving your percentage a percentage of your company to an investor because of money and the whole thing about this book the reason he wrote this book is to uh, teach people to leverage themselves out a lot more to become more resourceful instead of always looking that you know for money money is not always the catalyst He's saying that in this day and age with technology and everything that we have available to us, we do not need um we don't need as much money to do startups anymore as people did back in the day. So, you can use YouTube for example to do to create free traffic to your Instagram. You can use Facebook advertisement without really paying Facebook. 
for anything. So there's, you can use Google keywords for advertisement. Those things are all free ways to grab, uh, to get your target market to, to, to be where, um, where your product is. He told so many stories about, um, Tim Ferriss, people like Tim Ferriss, uh, people like Ryan Dice. Ryan Dice is basically the godfather of digital marketing. Um, he tells the story of Lauren Reidinger. Lauren is the... Google defines her as a senior executive vice president of internet retail giants such as marketamerica.com and shop.com. In the 1990s, 1991 to be specific, that's when Lauren was thinking about selling stuff online. At that time, it was a laughable idea because we had dial-up internet back back then and nobody was thinking about selling your stuff online because the internet was so slow and so hard to access not everybody had access to the internet but she was thinking about that way back then but now as you can imagine um she had built her company from product to product basically selling individual products and leveraging from that that's how she made her money so lauren riding right danger i don't know if i'm saying her name right and uh he closed the book with mark mark bennett mark bennett is the producer of shark tank and other shows like survivor big brother um he's a television producer from london um so he went into how he was always scared of not taking a risk or of not going into business because his parents always talked about how they should have gone into business. So he always wanted to go to business for himself because his parents, that was his parents' uh, biggest regret. So he didn't want to have that regret growing up in his life. And he also talked about crowdfunding and how crowdfunding can be used to fund your business at the beginning. But one of the statistics that they pointed out in the book is that uh, minorities are only using 1% of crowdfunding and angel investments. So we are not really tapping into that. Minorities are not tapping into that market too much. And he does encourage that we get into crowdfunding such as Kickstarter, uh, GoFundMe. There's a lot of sites, a lot of other sites that encourage crowdfunding. And so that's one of the resources that he he thought that, you know, people can use to grow their business if funding is needed. He just does advise against uh, too much funding. He doesn't think that, you know, too much funding is needed for a lot of businesses that are starting up. For example, there was a a business that showed up at the Shark Tank um, by the name of For Us Shoes. For Us Shoes has a similar story to what Damon's story is. And when they showed up the only reason the only thing 
that was a downfall for them was that their inventory they couldn't control their inventory they had no control over their inventory and they were not very good at it so they were good at sales they were selling some really good shoes but at that time Damon was explaining that if they they did not need money because they were doing good money wise what they needed was to simplify their inventory so all of the sharks on that show refused to take the deal sometimes the sharks will refuse to take a deal on the on that show because not because they don't want to help the person or if if they not because they don't want to help the person if they they refuse it's also helping that person it's also in a way helping that person so i don't know if if that makes sense so it's like not everybody needs money when they when they reach when their business reaches a certain point so it's not that Damon is trying to encourage people to keep a broke mindset. No, he wants you to just be aware that what really matters is the skill set. You want to grow the skill set. You want to have the proven market. You want to have the, str- the strategies in place so that if something goes wrong, you can back yourself up. So those, those guys, he says... They did not need the funding they needed to strategize how to simplify their inventory so that it's, it's not such a nightmare to manage. That's where their um, their problem lied. So so when he said no to those guys, you know, he uh, there was a, the guy's name was Arsene. He's from Ivory Coast. You know, he has a very humbling story. You know, Damon loved all of the guys loved them. They all loved them, but the only reason they couldn't go with them was because of the um, of the fact that the investors are looking at their money and they're thinking, no, they don't need the money because the money is going to discourage them from working as hard. What they need is to strategize and think deeper and think bigger and reorder their inventory. Um, there was another episode of the shark tank that he didn't he didn't mention in the book that i wanted i wanted to add there was a a couple that showed up at the shark tank one time they had this brilliant idea where they delivered or they had like a box order uh system a box order of uh for men outfits so they the box had a a, i believe uh, some ties in there a couple of shirts, some pants, shoes, like uh, underwear, socks. So it was a box of of clothes and outfits put together for men. It was so brilliant, and the business was doing good. And the sharks were so excited at the pitch, and I was excited at the pitch, until they said that they have given their investor. A previous investor 75% of that company and I was like I just threw my hand in the air I was like you did what like the sharks were so mad at them and you know they're not mad at them because they wanted the money they were mad because they wanted to just shake them I wanted to shake them how can you give 75% of your company to an investor 
and they only had 30 or 75 they only had 25 percent of of the stake of that company they were basically employees so if i had 70 th- that's never going to happen knock on wood heck no i'm not going to give 75 percent of my company to anybody no matter how much they offer me so they did that and then they had the nerve to show up at the shark tank with a pitch and i'm like what what are the investors going to do about that you know it, it was a, a perfect case of giving away too much of your company just for some change don't ever do that that's what damon advises against strongly so my biggest takeaway from this book was not giving too much of yourself away and selling yourself short because somebody is offering you some quick money even if you think the money is a lot it's not Cash does not have as much value as we think it does. And the second thing I took out of that, of this book was the ability to, you know, outsource and use yourself as a resource and using, using yourself, selling yourself, finding ways to sell yourself, maybe start a podcast, maybe start a YouTube channel, maybe do, um, live streams um do something that will help with free traffic to your site or to your website or to whatever it is that you are selling at the time that you're trying to get people to listen to or buy into so that was my biggest takeaway from from this book hey guys um so I, you can find out more about the author Damon John at DamonJohn.com. I also follow him on Instagram at um, the Shark Damon. So he's on Instagram at the Shark Damon. He's on DamonJohn.com. He's very interactive and he's um, he's one of those people that is just a simple person. He's not gonna treat you like he's better than you. And I, if you read the book and you really get into the book, you will see because he goes into, he, he really, the panel of people that he chooses is are very, you know, different people from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of age groups. Like he's just one of those people that is really cool and, um, touches people from all over, from, from all kinds of backgrounds. And I like that about him. So uh, as far as the Mindset Muse podcast is concerned, you can follow the Mindset Muse, uh, Muse podcast on Instagram at the Mindset Muse podcast. Uh, we are we have a, a YouTube channel at the Mindset Muse podcast. We're now going to be putting some of these audios on the that channel. It's an eventually go ahead and like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't forget to favorite the Mindset Muse podcast so that we can be able to have access to send you any goodies or any any episodes ahead of time if we so choose. Also, you can become a sponsor of the podcast by just clicking on the sponsor or listeners listener button. Thank you so much for uh, staying tuned. I hope you have a wonderful day, night, or evening. Take care. Ciao.